0: Welcome, all you beautiful people, to the first ever Touchdowns to Home Runs podcast. Guys, I'm so excited that you're here. I am Noah, and on the other line, I got my partner on this channel, the man, the myth, the legend, the man they call Corndog. Everyone give a warm welcome to Mr. Bernardus Baskovic. Bernie, it is great to be talking with you right now. This is our first podcast ever. We've been grinding YouTube for so long, and we finally decided, you know what? It's time to get a podcast rolling. We have tons of fans and everything. People have been asking for us to do a podcast, and we're like, you know what? It's time to grow us into a brand and everything. So, Bernie, what are your thoughts on us starting our first podcast ever?
1: First of all, I just want to say, if you guys are listening to the podcast, thank you. Me and Noah have been working really hard. I mean, this is exciting. People have been asking us to do podcasts, and I mean, I think this is just a great way to talk sports. It should be really good. It should be really interesting and a lot of fun.
0: Yes, sir. Indeed. We have been putting tons and tons and tons and tons and tons. Have I said tons enough? No, and tons of work <laughs> into this channel and everything. And we're like, you know what? Let's get a new source of media out there and let's start podcast because podcasts are growing super fast right now and they are something that is very popular al- among all ages right now so we're like let's start a podcast and for our first podcast we're going to talk about we're going to do recap on the weekend we had in football this week college and NFL and then wrapping up the podcast we're going to talk about some more exciting news for touchdowns to home runs Uh, The website news, store news, all that fun stuff. So definitely stick around for that. But now let's get into talking about the recap for this week's college football season to start off. Bernie, we had some good games this week, some big games. What do you think about this week that we just had? I think it was college football week eight or week nine. What did you think? What are your thoughts after this week?
1: I mean, I think you said it exactly. We had a lot of big games. There were a lot of games that we were really excited for coming in. Two this week, including the Michigan-Michigan State game, but I mean a ton of really good games that we're going to have a lot of fun covering today. A lot of ranked teams um, that we are going to get to cover. So yeah, I guess let's start with the Michigan-Michigan State game then.
0: Yep, so you're a Michigan fan, Bernie. Bernie. I know it was a really tough game to watch. I was flipping back and forth between the Clemson-Boston College game and this one. I watched bits and pieces of this one, but it was a rough game to be a Michigan fan in this game. Just talk to us about what went wrong in that game for you guys and what you guys need to do to get better and just your feelings and the rest of Michigan fans. How are they feeling right now?
1: Yeah, I mean, well, a lot of Michigan fans are disappointed because obviously, um, we had high expectations for the season after the Minnesota game. A lot of people were saying this is the best Harbaugh-Michigan team. Obviously, that looks like it's not the case now. And, you know, Michigan State is definitely a team that we should not have lost to. But, I mean, we had such a turnover on the uh, on the players on offense and on defense. Joe Milton was not as good as he was in week one. Um, that was really how it went for the entire team. The defense was brutal. We can't defend... Uh, Really, anywhere downfield, our corners were getting beat all day, especially by um, Ricky White. But, I mean, credit to Michigan State. They beat us, but we definitely need to improve in a lot of ways here.
0: That boy with the name Rocky Lombardi had a big game for the Spartans, and Michigan State was able to go into Ann Arbor and pull out with that win, which was very unexpected after a very hot start, what seemed to be for Michigan in the first game, against Minnesota. You guys were looking great there, but then, It was just a collapse from there. They go to play Indiana next week in Bloomington, Indiana. Another game that I want to talk about, Boston College and Clemson. This was a game I was flipping back and forth. I've already talked about that. But I'm a huge South Carolina fan, if you don't know that. So I watch a ton of Clemson games because... I don't like them. I want them to lose. I watch them to watch the want them to lose all the time. And they were down 28 to 10 at a point. They starting a new freshman five star quarterback. They have some people missing on the defense and they almost lost this game. They held Boston College to no points in the second half and then were able to come back and win the game. But. Boy, oh boy, that just shows you what the ACC is in terms of and comparison to like the SEC and the Big Ten because when teams usually have games like that in um, those conferences, like you take, for example, uh, Ohio State like two years ago losing to Purdue or three years ago losing to Iowa, like t- games like that or let's say – uh this is a bad example but alabama losing to auburn last year or whatever these teams that have way more talent than their opposition are just able to go in and win the game when they get hot and everything when the teams in the acc seem like they get hot and go up against these big boys against clemson they just don't have the talent to withstand that lead and everything which i think in the big 10 in the sec is something that these teams are able to do like you saw boston College zero points in the second half which if you want to beat number one Clemson you definitely got to score points in that second half so I do feel like being in the ACC in this case helped Clemson a lot and they're still number one in the AP poll I don't know how I think Alabama should be but Bernie
1: what are your thoughts after that game? I mean, I still give Boston College a lot of credit, even though Clemson was uh, missing a lot of players. I know the three on defense and obviously the big one, which is Trevor Lawrence um, at the quarterback. But one thing that I did want to just point out, I know a lot of people who watch um, Clemson might have recognized the name of the quarterback, DJ Ungaleli, or however you pronounce that name. If you watched um, Netflix's show, QB1, you definitely would have seen that guy. And that's one of the reasons that he actually um, got of a lot of excitement as well. But I mean... Overall, I didn't think Clemson played that bad, especially offensively. Um, Two players over 100 uh, yards receiving. They ran the ball decent as well. Um, No interceptions thrown. I I think you give credit to Boston College. I think it was an unfortunate situation for Clemson just with the amount of players that they were missing. And I know that Clemson is still an extremely talented team, and this game should not have been as close. But, I mean, on on such short notice of losing those players, it's always tough to... um, Fill in those holes there. Um, let's flip over to the Georgia Kentucky game. Now, I thought this one was a really interesting game because Georgia, uh, number five, one position out of a playoff spot, and they only beat Kentucky, uh, two and four, or, or a two and three team coming into this game. They only win by score of 14 to three. They really struggled in this game. Stetson Bennett, only nine for 13, 131 yards, no touchdown passes, but two interceptions. Um, They ran the ball okay, but also uh, the other big news from this game, Richard LeCount, Georgia's star defender there, he gets injured as well, so overall just not a good game for Georgia.
0: Yeah, Georgia, I was really shocked in this game because you have Georgia who plays Florida this week, And that's definitely a game, especially against a weaker opponent, a struggling opponent in Kentucky. That's a game that you want to run up the scoreboard. You want to play really sound so you feel good going into that Florida game. And I just did not see that this weekend. Like, Georgia was not able to get anything going offensively. Obviously, Georgia has a good defense. But Kentucky's offense isn't anything special. So... Them scoring three points isn't that surprising, but Georgia definitely, especially in a team in Florida who's very, very good offensively, you have to score more than 14 points. 14 points is not going to win you a ball game against Florida this year because when you guys got guys like Kyle Trask and Kyle Pitts on the other side of the ball, when you're defending against them, that's scary, and they're definitely going to put up more than 14 points in this game. So offense is definitely going to be a key part of this week of practice for Kirby Spart and that whole Bulldogs football team. Next up, I want to bring up a game that probably not a lot of you even mentioned or even thought about this weekend, but it is one worth noting because we had the shots, the beasts from the east. Coastal Carolina beat Georgia State 51 to nothing, and Coastal Carolina is 15th right now in the AP. How crazy is that? Just having a team. In a group of five Crawfords, in the Sun Belt, just being so dominant, running up the scoreboards against their opponents and everything. It's great to see when you have these underdog teams, just teams that you would not think about at the beginning of the season, being in the AP Top 25, actually make it and like start climbing a decent amount. Obviously, I don't think they're going to make the playoff, but it's still fun to watch these group of five teams have a good time and win some ball games.
1: Yeah, I know that you said you didn't watch the college game day, but for anybody at home who watched college game day on Saturday, you would have seen a little piece that they did on Coastal Carolina. This is just a really, really fun team to watch. Um, if you don't know, they have some crazy pre-game, post-game rituals. Um, I think it was two weeks ago they did one where um, basically the game was a theme of WWE, and after the game, they dressed up one of the trainers as the other team's mascot and like just beat him up. Um, so, Coastal Carolina is just an extremely fun team to watch. Um, again, I don't think they'll be anywhere close to the playoffs, but it's still a really, really fun team to follow. I want to switch over to the Notre Dame game, um, who beat Georgia Tech by a score of 31 to 13. It was not a fantastic game for a game from Notre Dame, but the reason that I want to focus on it is because they f- is because they play Clemson next week. Um, I think that it's going to be a really interesting game. Clemson, they don't get Trevor Lawrence back next week, right Noah?
0: No, he's still out with COVID. Yeah, so, the ACC and Davo have come out already and said that he's not playing this week.
1: So Ian book has not been fantastic. Um, he wasn't fantastic this weekend. He hasn't really been great overall this season. Who do you have winning the Notre Dame Clemson game
0: right now? I just want to say like, coming off when you have a big game next week I said it the same with Georgia but both of those fan bases are probably worried right now because they are coming off of pretty mediocre performances the week before the biggest game of the season for those two teams Clemson and Notre Dame this is the biggest game for both of them in the regular season I think Notre Dame is very overrated I've spoken on that many times and the only reason that they're undefeated is because they are in the ACC right now like they played a close game against Louisville Louisville almost beat them I think that game finished 17-12 to Clemson just has the talent all around them
1: even though this 12, game is in it South was Bend that game against Louisville oh yeah 12-7 just five, to five further, further that one about Ian Book not having a, a fantastic season but you
0: have like So much talent on that Clemson side of the ball, even though I hate saying it. I just do not see Notre Dame matching up talent-wise and matching up consistency-wise against the Clemson Tigers this weekend. So I do think that Clemson will come out of South Bend with a win, even though it will be a close game because it is in South Bend. I think that this game would be a lot different if it was in Death Valley because we know they have fans there, and that changes everything. But another game that I want to switch to, a very good game out of the SEC. It was the 330 SEC-CBS game this week. Auburn was able to beat LSU 48-11. Now, LSU is a team who came off a huge win against us, South Carolina. They won 52-24, I'm pretty sure. TJ Finley goes in as the freshman quarterback, has a great game, but then comes in, he gets the nod to start again against Auburn. They only score 11 points, and that one touchdown that they scored was late in the game, I remember. So that was very... Weak performance offensively by LSU, and this defense was just run all over by Auburn today. Bo Nix, I mean, uh, last Saturday, Bo Nix had a great performance for Auburn. A lot of those guys, Seth Williams, Anthony Schwartz, Tank Bigsby all had big days for the Tigers. So that was a game that was very interesting because you have South Carolina beat Auburn a couple weeks ago. Then you have LSU smack South Carolina, and now you have Auburn smack LSU. So that's just weird. It, it really explains what's going on this year with COVID and everything, anything can happen at any time and point in the week. It's just crazy to think about that. These things like teams are going and beating teams that just got smacked by another team that they lost to. It's just really sums up the year that
1: we're having. I mean, yeah, I think those are some great points. I mean, the sec for sure seems to be a bit all over the place this year, but I definitely, I, I mean, you can attest to this coming into the year. I was definitely not a big fan of LSU for sure. Um, they have they have some good recruiting classes coming in and stuff, but I mean I've never been an LSU believer, especially this year because of the player turnover that they had. Uh, let's go to the North Carolina Virginia game. Um, North Carolina loses again to Virginia by a score of 44-41. They started the season off well, um, 3-0 with that ranked win there against 19 Virginia Tech, but they've now lost two of their past three, including the loss um, this past Saturday. Um, Sam Howell played pretty good. He had four touchdowns and no interceptions as well. And the reason that I bring up this game is because I was looking at the bowl predictions this year. This is one of the teams that Michigan is projected to face Um, This is a team that I think is just really, really good offensively when you look at the two Browns um, on the receiving side of the ball as well, um, and they just don't have a good defense. But I think that, for example, if Michigan plays them in a bowl game, uh, that could make for a pretty exciting showdown.
0: Another game that I want to talk about is... A game that I told you at the beginning of the week, I was like, I feel an upset here. I feel like this team is going to go down, even though that the team that they were playing hasn't had the strongest of seasons. I just felt something brewing up in this game, and I was right. Of course, I'm talking about the number six Oklahoma State Cowboys losing to the Texas Longhorns this weekend. I just felt that, like, Oklahoma State, they hadn't played the most quality opponents yet, and they hadn't won a game by a lot against those not too good opponents like they i remember they had a very close game against tulsa at the beginning of the season they had other close games against other big 12 teams and i was just like i feel like texas could go into Stillwater and come out with a win in this game and sure enough sam ellinger is able to lead the longhorns down the field uh to take the lead in the fourth quarter now oklahoma state did tie it up with a field goal but then in overtime it was the longhorns were who were able to stop oklahoma state on a fourth down and win that game So that shakes up the Big 12 a lot. I don't see a Big 12 team making the playoffs now because you have um, Oklahoma with how many losses do they have? They have two losses. Texas has two losses, and Oklahoma State has one loss. There's just not going to be any quality teams that Oklahoma can say, oh, we beat a high-caliber team this year because Texas and Oklahoma have also had pretty bad seasons themselves. So a whole shakeup in the Big 12. Just, like, what are your thoughts after this game for, like, what can happen with the Big 12 now? Like, what are these teams going to be playing for now?
1: Um, well, I just wanted to touch on Oklahoma first um, because I know Spencer Rattler had some big expectations coming into the season. Um, but Oklahoma has looked a lot better in the past weeks. Um, they had their 62-28 to 28 victory this week. Um, Spencer Rattler, early on in the season, had a lot of trouble with turning the ball over. He's figured that out. He's looking really, really good now. He's getting his completion percentage up. Um, he's throwing some really, really good balls. And this Oklahoma offense is looking legit. Uh, I agree with you. I don't see any Big 12 team making the playoffs anymore. But... I mean, there, there should be some fun bowl games down, this, down the line uh, later on in the season, I think.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure the Big 12 has a guaranteed spot in the Sugar Bowl, and that is versus an SEC team, so expect uh, whoever wins that. So it's looking like Oklahoma State still. Expect them to be playing like a Texas A&M or Florida or something like that in that New Year's Six bowl game. Uh, the big game at night when the sun set in Happy Valley, Pennsylvania, it was Penn State versus Ohio State that went down on the big ABC night game. And that game actually was more entertaining than a lot of people thought it would be. Ohio State came in being, I think it was 13-point favorites. Now, they did win by exactly 13 points, I think. I'm pretty sure the score was 38-25 to 25. But Penn State made that game interesting at some points. Penn State came out with an energy, even though there's no fans in the stadium, and you know that that game guaranteed was going to be the whiteout game when you have a hundred thousand plus screaming fans and the offense can't hear anything. That is one key factor of this game. Like You saw Justin Fields just being able to yell out plays and audible and stuff like that and communicate with his offensive line. If you have 100,000 fans, especially when you're in that end with the student section, there's no way that Justin Fields it was going to be able to communicate with his offense that clearly to be able to put together that effective of an offense. So Bernie just... If there were fans in this game, how much do you think that that changes the outcome of this game? Do you think that Penn State would have made the game a lot closer or even win this game if there had been fans in the stadium?
1: Yeah, I think it's really interesting because I watched a video today on YouTube and it was basically interviewing like former college football players and they were asking about how much of a difference the whiteout makes. And the penalties are such a big thing. We saw it last year in the first game. I mean, in the whiteout game against Michigan, uh, they had to call a timeout right away. It makes a huge, huge difference. Uh, it takes the home field advantage essentially away. Uh, I think this is a winnable game for Penn State. If it is the whiteout game, I mean, you look at the second half. Penn State won the second half. Uh, they got better. I thought after the first quarter. If you take the first quarter, no. Even if you take the first, if you take the first quarter away, do they win? I don't know Ohio State no, came line, out but they're close yeah Penn State maybe. won the second uh, second half though and I mean yeah, I think the whiteout games makes all the difference. I think Penn State comes very close um, in a regular year. So let's just give some
0: of our predictions for this week in week 10 of college football. We got some big games coming up highlighting So I'll just name a few off Bernie. Give me your prediction for the 12 o'clock game in Bloomington for your Michigan Wolverines versus the Indiana Hoosiers. Who do you
1: think's coming out with that one? You know what? I just made a video on this. I think Michigan can't play any worse than they played last week. I think the offense will get better. Um, we need to figure out the man coverage a little bit, but you know what? I like Michigan here, uh, so I will take Michigan. I took Michigan as well in my
0: prediction video. Um, another game the big game that decides the SEC East this year Florida and Georgia who do you think comes out of that one in Jacksonville and do you think that this
1: game will determine the champion of the SEC East I mean I, first of all I do think it will determine the champion what I do want to say this Florida offense is legit Georgia also just took a big hit on defense I'm not a big fan of the Florida defense, but I'm also not a big fan of Stetson Bennett. I actually like Florida here with the upset.
0: Especially after last week, like you see what Georgia does versus Kentucky, a very poor performance. And you see Florida take care of business against Mizzou. Like it's not anything to write home about their performance against Mizzou, but it was enough to put together a pretty good win and to be feeling good going into this Florida game. It's been up and down week by week on who I think is the better team, Georgia or Florida. But honestly, coming into this game, even though that Georgia has showed signs of being one of the top teams in college football, I just feel like after this week, after seeing what Georgia's offense was able to put up against Kentucky, I really like where Florida's headed in this game. And will it be the first time that Dan Mullen and these Gators beat the Bulldogs in a while? We'll see. But I honestly think that I do. And I honestly think that I see the Gators playing Alabama in Atlanta this year. Now, how will the Gators play against Alabama is a different question. But I do see them making it to Atlanta and making a push for the playoff race this year. So that is a very interesting game. The big one at night, of course, on NBC, we have Clemson versus Notre Dame. Clemson coming in as six-point favorites right now. What are your thoughts on this game and who do you think is going to win? Even though I've already came, kind of come out with my prediction in this game, I didn't mean to, I didn't ask you your prediction. So, who do you think is coming out
1: with the win in this one? This is a very, very interesting game. Both of these teams. Did not look very good last week. I know Trevor Lawrence is still going to be out for Clemson, but you know what? They're still such a talented team. They have an extra week to sort of figure out um, where they're putting different people, an extra week to prepare. Um, I like Clemson here.
0: Clemson it is. So we are both taking Clemson. We're both taking Florida and we're both taking Michigan. Those are the three big slate games for this weekend in college football. We got some other good ones like off the top of my head, Texas, Arkansas, Tennessee is a good one. South Carolina, Texas A&M, Ohio State Rutgers is a late game. I know Ohio State's supposed to take care of business, but Rutgers is a better team than a lot of people have thought this year. Another game off the top of my head like Michigan State, Iowa. These are just games that you don't think of being high caliber games, but they're games that kind of are more interesting if you actually follow those teams and everything. So now let's go into NFL. We had a very exciting Sunday or weekend because we started off with Thursday, the Falcons beating the Panthers, but we had some very big games this Sunday for the NFL. Bernie, highlight any games or any single game that you thought had the most impact on how the NFL season is going to shift out this year. What game would that be this weekend? I mean,
1: how can you start with any game besides the Steelers and Ravens game? And I mean, the Steelers they look legit. They look like Super Bowl contenders. This defense is so, so good. Two interceptions, four sacks against Lamar Jackson, which is not easy. In case you haven't watched some of my Steelers coverage that I've done in past videos, the Steelers actually by far send the most extra pressure onto quarterbacks. And for some reason, teams have just not been able to adjust. Um, they're pretty good offensively, but it's really carried by the defense. And boy, what a win this weekend against the Ravens,
0: 28-24. Yeah, 100%. That defense is crazy. You saw it last year. They almost led the team to a playoff spot. They were getting all the takeaways. They were scoring with the ball. You've got Minka. you got TJ Watt. you got Bud Dupree. you got a bunch of other talented players on that defensive side of the ball. And let's not forget about that offensive side of the ball. Ben uh, Roethlisberger, Chase Claypool, Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner. They got talent on that side of the ball too. Eric Ebron, it's not just on that defensive side of the ball, and they are definitely the most complete team in the NFL right now, and that explains why they are the only undefeated team left. Another interesting game that none of us thought was going to be that interesting, but we had a team that was undefeated two weeks ago in the Tennessee Titans. They just lost to the Steelers that we were just talking about. They lose to the Cincinnati Bengals. Joe Burrow in the Cincinnati Bengals. He had a very good game. He was able to put up 31 points for the Bengals. What does that mean? Like That's just a shakeup because we thought that Tennessee was definitely one of the more elite teams in the NFL, but then you take one of these lower stock teams or what a lot of people classify as a lower stock team in the Bengals because their offensive line is so bad they don't have a strong defense, but they were able to go and beat Tennessee this week. What do you think of that, Bernie.
1: I mean, I hate to say I told you so, but I said it last season. I've always thought that Tennessee is extremely one-dimensional. I'm not a fan of Ryan Tannehill, but I mean, they still do have um, some good offensive pieces. The fact of what I don't like about Tennessee is that they really need Derrick Henry to get going in order for this offense overall to get going. Um, I've... I think it was last week or two weeks ago, Derrick Henry really struggled in the first half and Tennessee could not score at all. That's what I don't like about Tennessee. But I mean, all the credit to Cincinnati, uh, obviously an awful, awful season last year. But even with the bad line, Joe Burrows come in and he's gotten Cincinnati two wins, the tie as well. So they're definitely, definitely trending in the right direction. And they also have some other great pieces on offense. Uh, AJ Green, T Higgins, you know, this is a team that's only getting better in the future. I want to go over to the Chargers and Broncos game. The Chargers are another team with the young quarterback in Justin Herbert. They have now blown 17-plus leads in three of their past four games. This team's looking a lot better than they did last season uh, when we're talking about the Chargers. Their record could easily be flipped from 2-5 and five to 5-2 five and two if they had held on. I mean, do you see Justin Herbert as being the offensive rookie of the year?
0: Right now... It's tough because in my opinion, it's definitely between Burrow and Herbert because the NFL doesn't usually like giving the award to other skilled players other than the quarterback like we saw a couple years ago. It would, they gave the award to Kyler Murray over uh, Josh Jacobs, which in my opinion should have clearly been Josh Jacobs' uh, award. But between Burrow and Herbert right now, I like where obviously Herbert has the better stats and everything, but in my opinion, Herbert has more talent around the ball for him and more help with that offensive line than the Bengals do and Joe Burrow does because he is getting hurried and he's getting hit in that backfield all the time Now that doesn't justify winning I can't say oh Burrow deserves to win the offensive rookie of the year because um he his off his uh, he's doing well with his offensive line being so bad like I can't say that Burrow uh, on the on paper right now, Herbert definitely looks like the better player, so I would give it to Herbert right now. Another game that I want to talk about is my Chicago Bears. I'm a huge Bears fan. We had a very rough loss to the uh, Saints this week. We were able to come back and tie the game with a late kick by Cairo Santos to tie the game up and send it to overtime. But then on from there, we blew it in overtime, and the Saints were able to win 26-23. to 23. Our offense was just not moving at all, which is like it's not even – Irregular right now like I have to deal with this every single week that the Bears offense is just not good Our offensive line can't be good enough to get Montgomery the run game going We can't get any good passing opportunities I saw for the first time we took a few deep shots and we were able to connect on a few We had our longest play of the year to Darnell Mooney I'm pretty sure that was like a 50 yard plus play. It was great to see there but then from then on there We just didn't do anything creative with the ball. We just went back to that same Chicago Bears offensive style of just being so conservative, and it's so boring to watch, as a fan of the team, a team be so conservative on offense. Like, I'm the same thing. It's the same thing with the South Carolina Gamecocks. I am dealing with two very conservative offenses right now, and I want to see more creativity. I want to see more big explosive plays because – i much prefer i'd much prefer to see you go take a hundred deep shots in the whole game than just do all these little short passes that only score us like less than 20 points i think that we'd have a better shot at winning the game if we just threw the ball deep to Allen robinson every game like i'm dead serious i just want something more exciting i want something that will give us a chance to score more points and i just feel like i'm not getting that right now our defense though is amazing but our offense isn't good enough for our defense to be a leap because they're not getting the rest that they need on the sideline right now. They're coming into the, each drive tired because they only got like a minute or something to um, rest and everything because our offense just went another three and out, so it's just been this cycle of very poor offensive performance for the Bears, but we're still 5-3 and three and we're still going to fight for a playoff spot. And who do we play next week? I forget who we play next week, but whoever it is, it should be a good game and we should be able to fight with them and stick with them let me just pull up my schedule here i talked about it in my post game show oh yeah we play the titans in tennessee next week so that's going to be a very tough game defensively because they we know they got derrick henry our lines got to step up no question about it i do think our line is good our d line is good but our offense against this tennessee offense who cincinnati just put up 31 points against i'm expecting nothing less than us to put up 31 points. And if we don't, I will be disappointed again, as I am always as a Bears fan. So that was my rant about that game. Bernie, I know you're a big 49ers fan, and you guys just had a big game against the Seahawks. You guys made it close. It was only a 10-point loss, but how are you feeling after that game?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's so many things that were wrong with this game. I mean, you look at the way we came out in the second half, losing the third quarter uh, 14-0. I mean, it was only a 10-point game, but again, Garoppolo got hurt. We still don't have Mostert. kittle got hurt as well. Uh, I think it just got released um, that he's out for eight weeks. I mean, the injuries are the reason why, but... It's looking like we're trending in the direction of not making the playoffs, especially with how competitive this division is um, with the Rams, the Cardinals, and obviously the Seahawks as well. Um, The one thing that I did want to talk about about um, sort of the 49ers is that is the quarterback situation. A lot of people thought we might have traded a Garoppolo today. Um, And the reason that is, is because Kyle Shanahan came out about a week ago and said that he has confidence in the offense, no matter who's out there. And I mean, I don't know if I'm reading too much into this, but Noah, you can answer. I mean, when a cor- when a coach says that about the quarterback, I mean, you got to think there's something going on in the locker room, no? Yeah, that even if there wasn't
0: anything going on in the locker room beforehand, you just completely killed all the locker room chemistry because now you have your coach speaking out against your quarterback saying he can win with anyone. So no matter what, it was either that there's Uh, Trouble in the locker room right now before that when he said that or he just created some himself. So that was not a smart move in my opinion. I feel like you got to keep that to yourself. Keep that between you and management. If you go to management privately and say, hey, I think I could win with anyone. Let's ship Garoppolo off. Let's build our offense or our defense some more. Get some other guys and then bring in a veteran guy who." can just manage the game well and everything, and I think that we got this. That's between you and management. I don't think that you got to go to the press about that. So I think that, in my opinion, just not a smart decision to say that. I don't know if we even want to talk about the dumpster fire in the NFC East that Sunday night game, because that was terrible. We had Ben DiNucci versus Carson Wentz. <laughs> Do you want to talk about that game?
1: Do you even want to touch on that? Yeah, or let's we just touch go on it quickly. Predict? Let me start with okay, that. Let's... First of all, Ben DiNucci passed 21 for 40. He had a, a QB rating of 21.2, and somehow Carson, Wer- Carson Wentz managed to be even worse. Carson oh. worst. <laughs> I messed up my words there, but somehow Carson Wentz managed to be even worse, even though the Eagles won the game. And I mean, this whole division is such a joke. The winner of this division, um, whoever it's going to be, looking like it might be the Eagles, maybe Washington sneaks up there, but it's going to be a team around six wins who hosts a playoff game, takes a playoff spot away from a team that is much, much better. And I mean, this division is just an absolute joke.
0: they're terrible they're absolutely terrible i've said it multiple times i don't think that an all-star team an nfc east all-star team would make the playoffs in any conference it doesn't matter like you just look at some of the guys and it's just not a good team like you can't farm a good team out of the players you have in that division and the coaching isn't much better there but let's go into some nfl week nine I'm just going to give you some of the bigger games of the week. Starting off on
1: Thursday with your 49ers, you guys play the Packers at 820. What do you think about that game? You know what? The Packers had an awful game this weekend. Uh, I don't think we touched on it, but um, not a fantastic game against the Vikings. So two teams that are struggling. I just think the 49ers have way too many injuries. Um, It's going to be Mullins at quarterback with no Kittle. um, Still a bunch of injuries on defense as well. We also just traded Quan Alexander today. lot of problems for this 49ers team unfortunately give me the green bay packers packers it is for bernie i unfortunately
0: i don't want to say it but i do like the packers in this game too because i'm a bears fan for the nfc north i want the packers to lose i'm just going to touch on the bears and titans game titans are coming in as six point favorite it's at home for the titans The Bears need to get their offense going. I don't know what we're going to do at quarterback because Foles has been playing very mediocre. I don't know if I want Mitch back in because it's just such a bad cycle. Honestly, I think that we should trade for Sam Darnold or something. They're going to get a new quarterback this season. Just ship him to us. Let him get some good use out of him and hopefully make a playoff run out of Sam Darnold or something like that. But that obviously can't happen for this game. So for this game, if our offense shows up, I think that we could win this game hands down because our defense will play lights out. But if our offense does not show up which most of the time it hasn't i think that the tennessee titans win this one easily another big game seattle buffalo at one o'clock seattle's favored by two and a half right now bernie who are you
1: taking in that one you know what buffalo has not looked good in the past few weeks they almost lost to the jets last week um josh allen started the season looking like a potential mvp candidate he's not looked like that in the past three or four weeks seattle beat up on a san francisco team that was injured but i still think seattle is one of the best teams um, in the conference give me seattle what about the biggest game of the week we have the new york giants versus the washington
0: Mm -hmm. football team that's important that's not (laughs) no that's not who cares about that game i don't care i don't The football team's favored by three and a half. They're probably going (laughs) to win. Go football team. The biggest game of the night, NBC night game, Sunday night football. You'll have Carrie Underwood singing the big intro. It'll be a great time. We have the New Orleans Saints versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We all know what happened the first week. It was the Saints who were able to come out with the win in this game, but how does Tom Brady come back from that? And the Buccaneers are playing pretty good. I think that they're about to kick off in literally 20 minutes or so for the Monday night football game when we're filming this uh saints or bucks in this one
1: it's tough the buccaneers uh i think i've been playing a lot better since the beginning of the season uh the saints have been playing well too i think it'll be really close but uh, this could go either way uh give me the saints
0: Saints it is. I will take the Buccaneers in this game. I really like where they're at. I liked what I saw with them against Green Bay, and they've been playing really well lately. And I think that Tom Brady is going to come back in this game with vengeance. And you've seen that the Buccaneers have been able to – grouped themselves together a lot better than they did in that first week that they are actually starting to figure who they are as a team and starting to work together a lot better so that is a reason I'm taking the Buccaneers. so those are our recap of college football and NFL last weekend and then our our predictions for this weekend now we're just going to get into talking about this new website we got launching this new store we got launching and everything so Bernie just hit us with some information about that because this has been something that we've been putting a lot of time a lot of effort and a lot of money into because we want to reinvest the money that we are making on YouTube back into the channel for you guys, you the fans. So Bernie, just talk to us a bit about that.
1: Yeah, so um, obviously a lot of the listeners here know us from YouTube, but me and Noah are trying to basically expand the platforms that you can find us on. Um, And to do that, we started the podcast one, but we're also launching a website, which is pretty exciting on there. You can find different articles. You'll be able to find links to our YouTube videos onto our podcast as well. And something that's really exciting is that we are trying to launch a store. Um, There's going to be some TDs to HRs, uh, merch, but also some very interesting t-shirt designs that Noah can explain to you. Yeah, definitely. Like, obviously, we're
0: going to have some TDs to HRs merch on there. I can't wait to design those for you guys and show you what I got. But also, I just want to make other, like, sports fan apparel gear and stuff. Like, obviously, I can't make anything licensed because I don't have the licensing for that. But I just want to make a bunch of fun and funny college football shirts, a bunch of fun and funny NFL shirts, and really all types of different stuff like that because – it's funny to wear those stuff when you, like, see out and you go into a game and someone's wearing a shirt that only you understand because you're a fan and everything like that. Like, that's kind of what I want to make. I want to wear, uh, make shirts and gear that you guys are going to love wearing out in your city or whatever. And people are going to look at that and be like, man, that is an awesome shirt. I definitely want to get that. So that's kind of what I'm going for there. I'm putting up the store and everything right now. I'm thinking of some design, so I cannot wait to show you guys that. And I cannot wait to see you guys in our TDs to HRs merch. But that's it right now for our first podcast, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. It was a great time. I can't wait to keep doing these weekly and everything like that. Me and Bernie are going to keep building on these. Bernie, any last words you have for our beautiful listeners out there? Because hopefully we have a ton of you listening right now and a ton of you sticking around for next
1: episode. So Bernie, what do you got to say to them? Yeah, no, just me and Noah been working extremely hard. So, you know, if you guys are liking the videos, liking the podcast, make sure you stick around on all the different platforms that we're expanding to. Also, um, in the future, we're looking to potentially bring some guests onto our podcast as well so if there's anybody maybe some recruits or other people or topics that you want us to cover just let us know we'll try our best to make that happen we just want to do what you guys want to hear as well whatever you guys find this interesting and yeah
0: y'all go have an amazing rest of your day or if you're listening to this at night have an amazing rest of your night cannot wait to see you guys again thank you so much for listening and definitely tune in next time